good morning. Uh, let me say, uh, first and foremost, it is my honor and privilege to be here with you this morning. Uh, and I don't say that uh, lightly. Uh, that's, that's my heart. Uh, it is my honor and privilege to be with you this morning. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, one, thank you to Dr. Greg for uh, allowing me to fill the pulpit. Uh, it's a big deal, and uh, I appreciate that trust this morning. Uh, really quick, three things that I hope happen here this morning. First and foremost, I, I pray that God's Word is communicated clearly in Jesus Christ is glorified. First and foremost, I hope that happens. Uh, two, I'm uh, scheduled to speak at the 1045 service. I'm hoping at the end of this, I'm in, still scheduled to speak at 1045. <laughs> and least, last and probably least, I hope on Monday, Chris, who invited me to speak, still has a job. Now, if that still happens, we're in good shape. Uh, uh, just really quick, I'm not here to talk about myself, uh, but to give you, my wife is back home. She was unable to, to, to travel this weekend. Uh, her name is Tammy. Uh, and I can't, I can stand up here and it's not my place to talk about her, but I am very thankful and very blessed to have a wife I love and care about uh, that is a godly woman and that uh, I wish she could have been here for you to meet. She is certainly the better half of the two of us. Uh, I do have four children and uh, of course they're not here either. Uh, but that's just a little bit about me. I do work for a ministry called Youth Ministry 360. Uh, <clears throat> And uh, also a men's ministry called Iron Hill Press. And uh, so that's just a little bit about me. Uh, and as far as my, I attend First Baptist Pelham and uh, right south of Birmingham. And the, uh, one, of my, one of the things I enjoy most about ministry is I do serve as a chaplain for Lawson State Community Baseball. And it's a great opportunity to minister to young men, 18, 19 years old, that often come in uh, less than focused on God and more about sports. Uh, so that's just a little bit about myself, and we'll, we'll uh, get into the Word here. So one of his messages is on being truly free, and it is to tie in what your students in, D, in their D-Now weekend has studied. And we're going to look at a couple of verses and uh, what it means to be truly free in Christ. Uh, and so when you see a student or Chris with a truly free student uh, shirts on, you'll go like, oh yeah. I know what they studied for the weekend. Now, truly free in John uh, chapter 8, verses 31 32 is the cornerstone of our verses. Jesus, therefore, was saying to those Jews who had believed him, <clears throat> If you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Man, freedom in Christ. I, uh, I certainly struggle some days to truly understand what that means, to be truly free in Christ. But I want us to look at three things this morning that when we think about being truly free in Christ, it actually means. The first one is found in Romans 8, 1 through 4. 
Paul is talking and says this, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's what Jesus is talking about. If you know the truth, you'll be set free. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending His own Son in the likeliness of sinful flesh. As an offering for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, here's where I want us to, to go with this this morning for just a few minutes. If I ask you to raise your hand you would all say you've heard that verse before. And you would all say you've heard the message that we are set free from the law through the death of Christ paying the penalty for us. In fact, I'm guessing this morning you would say, hey, I've heard numerous messages on that. And then you might go a step further. You might go, not only have I heard numerous messages on that, but I've actually heard it from guys who preached better than you and communicated it more clearly than you. And I'd go, okay, I can, I can get that. But I want us to stop here right a minute because I think we miss a lot of joy in our lives by not really comprehending, maybe not comprehending, but not refreshing every day If we were under the law and we break one law, we're guilty of breaking all of the laws. I am free because Christ paid, because Jesus paid a debt I cannot pay for a law that I could not fulfill. Listen, Jesus paid a debt I could not pay for a law I could, not, I could not live under. The question is not, have you heard this message before? I'm, I'm going to come down to be on our level for just a minute. The question this morning is not, is this a new message to you? The question this morning is, have you never heard this before? The piercing question for you this morning is, does your life reflect that you have heard this news before? We live in a world full of hate. But we have the good news that we have been set free. And when we as believers do nothing but complain and gripe and whine, we fail to portray the message that we have been set free from the debt of sin and from the debt of death, a debt we could not pay. I try to imagine what it would be like if I had all of this, and certainly I've had debt in my life, but if I had an amount, a numerical amount of debt, of money, and I couldn't pay it, and somebody walked in and wrote the check and said, your debt is gone, 
how much would I rejoice? How much would I rejoice? How much would I thank that person? Well, I'd like, I, if, I, if I owed somebody $5 million today, let me just clarify you where I am financially, I could not pay it. I don't think I could pay it in the rest of my lifetime. And if somebody wrote in, come in and wrote a $5 million check and paid off my debt, how would I act? I'd act like an idiot. Man, I'd have joy unspeakable, wouldn't I? But Jesus pays a debt for us. You've heard this, you've heard this, but Jesus pays a debt for us. And our rejoicing hardly acts as if we really understand what Jesus Christ did for us. My dad, kept, my dad just passed away on December 28th. He went into the hospital on December 4th, was there about a week, and the doctors called us in, uh, me and my mom in. He said, I need to meet with y'all. He said, uh, the dialysis is not working, had congestive heart failure and uh, kidney failure. He's 86 years old. At a certain point in life, you're, go you're going to go to eternity, right? Something's going to get you. They said, things aren't going well. We want you to meet with the palliative care nurse team and let's talk about some options. So we met, and uh, so he'd been in the hospital about six days, and they said, you know, probably the best option is to go home with hospice. And they gave him a life expectancy of five days to two weeks, which was, was a little bit shocking to me because I didn't realize we were in that stage. And he ended up living three weeks. In the time with hospice, I really didn't understand hospice when they said he, he, we made that choice for him to go home, and that's what he wanted. And I didn't understand that, hey, hospice, I, I don't know what I had in my mind, but what I did not have in my mind was, hey, somebody had to, because of my mom's condition, somebody had to be there all the time. Hospice only drops in. They're, they're not there all the time. And it was a trying, very long and trying, December was a very long, trying, exhausting month for me. But here's what I found about Christ and his death for me is that every morning I woke up, whether it was at their house or my house, and I was tired, every morning there was fresh mercy and grace for me. I have been, listen, listen, gosh, listen. We are set free from death and sin because of what Christ did. And if you get nothing else from this simple man this morning, get that there's a simple message is that we are free from death and sin. And my goodness, if we cannot, if you cannot rejoice over that, you have not understood the message of Jesus Christ. Goodness gracious alive, we are set free. And listen, the world may be going crazy, but we have hope, and his hope is Jesus Christ. I am set free. And you know what? Doggone it, I'm happy. And I'm rejoicing. And there's some things in my life that may weigh heavy, but you know what? Eternity and being set free to live with Jesus forever is not one of them, and I'm going to rejoice in that. You know, I'm a, I'm a pretty simple guy, and uh, that's just who I am. So what you see is what you get here. Uh, I, I wish I was smarter some days, uh, but you know, man, hey, what you see is what you get, and I'm just going to ask you to bear with me. But the second thing Jesus sets us free for, and the truth will set you free, is in Psalms 118. 
He sets us free from distress and discouragement. And I just want to read that passage for you real quick. Uh, Over in 118, verses 4 through 6. Oh, let those who fear the Lord say His love kindness is everlasting. For my distress, I called upon the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is for me. I will not fear what man can do to for what man what what can man do to me. I would ask you to raise your hand, but have you have you ever been in a in a stressful or distressful state? Have you ever been discouraged? Man, if, if you live life, isn't life messy? Isn't it hard? Isn't there times of discouragement? Isn't there times that we're distressed? Isn't it times we feel like the whole world is against us? You know, in the parent conference, I was sharing uh, with the parents some of my parent fails. And, uh, man, I, I have some. I love being a dad. Uh, I do, and I love my kids, but sometimes as a dad, I fail. And I was sharing some parenting fails, and uh, I asked this question. I said, how many of you, though, have failed as a parent? And, of course, everyone raised their hand except for Tim. Do y'all know Tim, the adult pastor here? (laughs) Y'all know that guy? Tim's a nice guy, but, but Tim made me feel like I was the smartest guy in the room. Tim had what we call a husband fail. I said, man, have any of you failed as a parent? Everybody raised their hand. Tim, in his perfect wisdom, pointed to his wife, Stephanie. Wow, can we say husband fell right there? Yeah. So, but I think if I asked you to raise your hand, we would all say, hey, we faced moments of discouragement. We faced moments of distress. Uh, and, and I'll try to be honest. Uh, If I'm not careful, I become distressed over our nation. And I I don't want to go down a political view here, but what I mean by this is we live in a very post-Christian country, and we're just a little late to the party. Europe's been there for a while. And we live in a country full of post-modern thinking, which uh, which is crazy to me. We live in a country uh, that I would say more people are are lost than believers by far, and we live in a country that uh, is, is, is t- trending towards some very evil things. And if I'm not careful, I can become a little bit distressed over the next 30 or 40 years. But my hope has never been in the government. It, it just hasn't. And I, I'm not trying to carry you down a road of, how, of your belief or anything else. But our hope as believers is, is in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ alone is my hope. I shared with Dr. Greg this morning, my dad passed away. My mom is blind and has dementia. And he was her primary caregiver. And I know, here's what we know about dementia, right? Today will be her best day. Dementia doesn't get better. Now, how much worse will it be tomorrow? Maybe, maybe this much. Maybe a lot worse. She's dealing with a lot of grief. 
My mom and dad have been married for 66 years. But here's what I know. In the weeks or months ahead, I will have to make some very difficult decisions regarding my mom. And if I'm not careful, I will become distressed over that. And I will become discouraged over that. And I don't want you to feel bad for me. But I have, to, I have to, when I'm in these situations where I'm overwhelmed by what life is giving me, this is where I have to go. This is my hope. God's love kindness through his son Jesus Christ is forever. And everything here on earth that discourages us and distresses us is temporary. It's a season. From my distress, I called upon the Lord, and he answered me. God is faithful to answer us. And listen, you get verse 6 when we think about being set free from all the cares of this world. The Lord is for me. I'm not giving you anything this morning that you have not heard before, right? I'm not, I'm not up here giving you, like, wow, that's earth-shattering. But once again, the piercing question is simply this. Does your life reflect that you believe the Lord is for you? When you wake up in the morning, is your heart full with joy? for the opportunities that God may give you that day to love and serve someone else. Does your life reflect this statement? The Lord is for me. See, it's, it's not about how much information I can give you in the end, because you have all heard this. The question for us today is, does our life reflect what our words say we believe. Does your life reflect the Lord is for you? The Lord is for you. So we're set free from a debt that we could not pay. We are set free from the carries, the carries, the worries and distress of this world. We're set free from those. But the third thing that we're set free to do or from is to serve in love. And this is where it can be challenging for us. In Galatians 5.13, it says this, For you were called to freedom. Brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. I was at a men's conference last weekend in, uh, in Missouri. And uh, we do men's events uh, over here on the small publishing side called Iron Hill Press. And we partner with a guy named Rick Burgess, who uh, is a syndicated radio guy and a strong believer. And so we do some men's conferences. And I was in Missouri last weekend. Uh, serving on a panel with Rick Burgess and a guy named Rick uh, Wingo. 
and a, a pastor from Missouri. And one of the questions from the men was, uh, what do you struggle with most? And all four of us answered the questions, and this is what it boiled down to, all four of our answers. What do we struggle with most? Our flesh. Our own desires. Now, I do want to pause right here really quick to insert one thing. I know you may think the thing I struggle with most is my grammar. That's second. Flesh is one, grammar is second. I, want, I do want to insert a quick story here. This will help clear some things up for you in case my grammar has been bad so far. And it's, if you're an English person and it really bothers you, I want to apologize and I want to insert this really quick. When you get my age, you, do, you speak at a lot of funerals. And, uh, and, and I'm really good. I'm not good at much, I'm really good at funerals. Now, it's a unique gift, right? But I am. I never leave after speaking a funeral that I don't have two or three people come up to me and go like, hey, man, I want you to speak at my funeral. So I'm really good at it. And uh, my wife being my best friend, whenever I, if, I, if she were here this morning, when we were done, I would ask her for some feedback. And my wife is very honest with me and gives me very honest feedback. And so I'd been asked by somebody I knew if I would preach their brother's funeral. And uh, preaching funeral, people you don't know, uh, in case you didn't know, it can be a little bit challenging. And uh, so I went, I spoke at the funeral, got in the car afterwards, uh, after the graveside, and, and Tammy and I were talking. I said, well, what do you think? And she said, you know, I thought it was really good. She said, I thought, you know, you, you, your words were very comforting to the family. You, you would have thought you would have known him for 50 years. I, th I thought you did a really good job. I said, well, you know, thank you. And she said, but you know that one time that you caught yourself using the wrong tense of a word? I was going, yeah. You see, I caught myself. Because in the back of, my vo back of my head all the time is my wife's voice correcting my grammar. <laughs> and so I used the word in the wrong tense in the funeral service, and I caught myself, and I corrected it. That's pretty impressive, right? Except I had the right tense, and I corrected myself to the wrong tense. So, my flesh is my number one struggle. Grammar is probably number two. But God has set us free in Galatians. Paul's very clear. God has set us free to love and serve others. And this is something that I'm extremely passionate about. It's how we love and serve others. God has called the church to interact with a lost world by loving and serving them, and we are to be different than anybody else doing it. The lost world will be morally righteous in serving with no end result for eternal life change. But we as the church, when we love and serve, can affect eternity. And listen, here's the hardest part. Jesus has come to set us free to love and serve others. And this is where it gets messy for us. 
Listen. To go, hear me say this. Mission trips are important. Right? They are. I, I, I believe this church, like my church, is mission-minded, and, and they are important. Providing meals for people from the church is important. Everything you are doing missionally is important. Okay? So you're with me. No criticism. But listen to me for one minute when Christ said, I came to set you free to love and serve others. Listen to me. Let us not get caught up in the hypocrisy of going to a different country to serve when we step over poverty in our own neighborhood to get to them. We are to serve those and love those who are different from us because they are different politically, because they are different race, because they are different economically, because they don't believe the same thing we do, never excuses us as believers to love them, serve them, and invest in them. I have some strong beliefs about some things from abortion to homosexuality to transgender to many things that I think is biblically solid. But because someone is different from me does never excuse me from loving them and serving them. That means to the person I come in contact at Walmart, to the person I come in contact at the fast food place, at the convenience store, on the side of the road, because they are different from me, God does not excuse me from loving them and serving them. And if for a moment, listen to me, for a moment, if you think it's okay, I'm not asking you to condone anything, but if you think it's okay not to love somebody because they're different from you, me and you probably have a different interpretation of God's Word. Because God does not relieve me from loving anyone and serving anyone. I am to love and care for those who God brings into my life. An Augustine quote that I like is, since you cannot do good to all, you are to pay special attention to those who come into your life by accident or time or place. We cannot do good for all, but let us pay special attention to those who come into our life. I stayed at the Hilton Garden Inn. Man, hopefully I made an impact on the lady behind the desk. Hopefully I made an impact to the lady who, who was cleaning my room. Hopefully I made an impact to the person I sat down by to have breakfast with. I'll tell a quick story and we'll wrap up. I was in a, uh, I don't travel that, uh, I don't travel that much. Uh, I feel like I travel a lot because I don't like to travel, but I don't travel that much compared to people who really travel a lot. But I was in Texas for a youth conference. I got on an elevator with two people who were in the service industry, and they had these big bags of uh, bed linings. And I said, oh, gosh, y'all must be really busy today. And they both were, uh, they, they, uh, neither one spoke great English. 
Uh, one just nodded and one in broken English said, yeah, we're pretty busy today. A lot of people checking in and out. And so when we got off, one was a girl, uh, a lady, one was a man. And uh, I helped the lady with her bag of linens off and said, hey, where you want me to set it? She said, right there's good and I helped it. And, and by the way, it was pretty heavy. And uh, I started to walk off and the Holy Spirit prompted me to turn around. And uh, I said, this is all I said. I said, hey, thank you for the elevator ride up. Just want you to know I appreciate what you do. And even though I have gray hair, and your hair is dark, still dark, even though my skin is uh, white and yours is darker, and I said, even though you speak of one accent and I speak of uh, redneck, hillbilly, southern accent, here's one thing we have in common. When we come to the very cross of Jesus Christ, we're all equal, either lost or found. We either know Jesus or we're not. The, the cross is the equalizer. And she smiled and said, thank you. The man just nodded. And I walked off. And here's what was my thought. God, what a waste of time. And I went on to a room, went on my way. Worked some, went to an event that night, come back. Next morning I got up early, went to breakfast, and the lady comes up. And here's what she said. She said, weren't you the man on the elevator? I was going like, oh my goodness, yeah, I recognize you. How's your day? She said, good. She said, I want to thank you for sharing. I was going, well, okay, well, you know, you're welcome. Uh, I was just trying to share what God said to me. And she said, here's what you don't know. The young man on the elevator is a Muslim. And I had been praying for an opportunity to share Jesus with him. And he didn't understand hardly anything you said, but he started asking me questions about the conversation, and I was able to share Jesus Christ with him. Love the people God puts in your life, no matter what they look like or how they act. And we never know. We don't have to know the results. Christ is responsible for the results. God has certainly set us free, and I will close with this, and I will try not to be emotional. On Saturday before my dad died early Monday morning, a hospice nurse who came in that had not been in before, and so it was my first time to meet her, my, me and my wife were there, and she did the uh, exam, and she said, he must have been a spiritual man, because he's certainly at peace to be where he is in the dying process. And I said, well, we're, we're believers. We're followers of Christ. I don't know if you would call us spiritual, but we are, we're, we're Christians. And she said, oh, okay. She said, so am I. And then she made a comment or two that I was going like, eh, I'm not sure that that's theologically sound, so I won't repeat those. But here's what God impressed on me in that moment, in the moments ahead between then, Saturday afternoon, and Monday morning. My dad was truly free. He had reached the point in his life and journey where every desire, every worry, every concern in this world had passed away. And him and Christ were like this for the final hours. He was ready to be home. And he was truly free of every worry and concern of this world. And when I preached his funeral, it was very easy. Well, I miss him greatly. His funeral was easy. 
because I know where he was for eternity. And I was able to rejoice in that moment. Listen, Christ has set us free. When you leave here today, may our lives reflect that in the way we love and the way we rejoice. We're free. We're free. Let's pray. Jesus, I would hardly say there is anything great revelation today here from me, but you know what we do pray. Holy Spirit, may Jesus be glorified and may you do the work in this building, in this church, in this congregation, in these people's lives. Holy Spirit, and in my life, let me start with me, that we might live a life that reflects our freedom in Jesus Christ. And my goodness, let us rejoice, let us rejoice in the freedom we have that Jesus has come and, and paid our penalty and set us free for eternal life with you. Thank you so very much for today. May your will be done here as it is in heaven. Amen.